I like to know who's dozing off on me. Oh, good Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. Aren't we glad we have Easter? Everything else would be moot if we didn't have Easter. There have been all kind of religious stories going around for hundreds and thousands of years. But uh, the Easter event, what we call Easter, the rising of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, marks Christianity as set apart from everything else. So many religions in the world have claimed so many things akin to what Christianity believes. But there's nobody that I know of that can prove the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's a whole bunch of witnesses in here. I don't know whether you've read this or not, but there's a lot of witnesses in the scripture about seeing the risen Savior. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Jesus, this uh, child of Bethlehem, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he emptied himself of his heavenly position to come to the earth and dwell among men, flesh and blood, in order to show us his glory. The child, this king, was willing to suffer and die for us to take away our sins, yours and mine. Now, I love a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know very many that I'd be willing to die for. And we're probably all the same way. Perhaps our family. I don't know that I have a, a friend close enough for me to be willing to die for. And we see all these battle stories and things like that. It's, it's quite a, it's an honorable thing to be willing to do that. But... How many of us would be willing to die for somebody that hated us, that did not know us, that disliked us, that talked against everything that we stand for? Our Jesus came to earth with such a population as that. Nobody liked God. Oh, they had all kind of, <laughs> all kind of different gods. But very few people knew the real God. And only a handful of the Jewish people really loved him and served him. This child came to earth as a king himself. He suffered and died so that our sins might be taken away. There's scarcely someone that I can think of. I can't think of anybody right offhand except my family that I might give my life for instead of their life being taken I love y'all, but there's not too many of you that I'd lay down my life for. Now, that's just thinking off the top of your head. When, the, when it gets right down to the nitty-gritty, that changes sometimes because we don't ever really know 
what we'll do when confronted by the situation. It's just like the, the military. Men give their lives for their fellow soldiers all the time. That's happened in the past. And folks, we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Sometimes uh, it's necessary for us to sacrifice everything that we have um, more willingly than me. <laughs> uh, this uh, child, this king, this Lord was crucified in our place. And there he died hanging on that cross. Y'all ever read about how the crucifixion looked? That's a horrible, horrible thing. They uh, strapped you down to these timbers. And they didn't use 20-penny nails. They used spikes. They drove them through the leaders and tendons here between the bones so that you it wouldn't tear out uh, of both hands and hang you up on the cross and cross your legs and drive the spike through uh, the tendon and the leg bone of the heel to hold you there. Jesus had nothing to stand on. When he pushed up with his feet, he was pushing on those nails with the nerves and the tendons in his leg. When uh, he writhed in pain on the cross, he was tearing the tissue of his arm. Uh, top it all off, they took a, a crown of thorns and crushed down upon his head. Now look, we got some pretty good thorns around our part of the world. Have y'all noticed that? Have you ever seen them? Some of us have been in the woods. <laughs> We've run across them before. I've seen some pretty good thorny uh, things out there. Some of them will get that long, maybe longer. And they're just absolutely needle sharp. I can't imagine having enough of those planted together to make a crown figure out of and crush down on my head. You ever thought about that? I don't like one stick, much less all the way around my head with the blood streaming down his face and from his arms and from his feet. There he was on that cross. He gave us life. Now look, this old swoon theory about that he just appeared to be dead. Uh, let me tell you something about the Romans that hung him on the cross. If anybody knew what death looked like, they did. I mean, this was a, a warring nation. They fought constantly against other people, and they knew when somebody was dead because there was there was no heartbeat, there was no blood flowing. They knew somebody was dead when they were dead. Nobody had to guess at it or tell them. When they took Jesus down off the cross, they knew he was dead. Now, I know he was dead because the scripture said he's hanging on the cross. He said, it's finished. And I, That's when he gave up this physical life here on this earth. But folks, Jesus gave his mortal life and all the life that was in him, he gave up his position as God's son. I mean, the heir to everything. He gave it all up to come here to take my place, to take your place. Folks, that's what Easter is about. 
This is a, not, not about bunny rabbits and little chickens. It's not about little eggs and, and things like that. It's about our Savior dying in our stead. And we need to remember that. He took our place. And uh, that was just the beginning of the story. They laid him in a tomb. Now, I'm telling you, these, these Romans, you know, they, they knew he was dead. They put him in a tomb. But the Jewish people, the highbrow religious folk, <laughs> they had heard Jesus say more than one time that the grave wasn't going to hold him. They were afraid that he might have been telling the truth. What did they do? They said, we're going to keep him in there. I don't know how big the stone was. Some of the depiction I've seen of it, it's probably five or six feet tall or in diameter, and they rolled it over the entrance to the tomb, to the cave where they laid him. I don't know about all of that, how big it was or anything else, but it, it stretches my imagination to think it looked like a wheel. Most of the boulders that I see uh, depicted in uh, the Old Testament times were round and flat on the bottom. It probably took a whole lot of folks to shove that thing up against that opening to where nobody could get in and nobody could get out. And they were certain of it because they were masters at doing what they did. They put Jesus in a tomb and sealed it up and posted a guard. They didn't want him to come out of there and they didn't want anybody to steal his body and say that he came out of there. They tried to cover all of the bases. Didn't work didn't work. Same thing goes for Satan today. He's trying everything he has in his kit of sin and trickery to fool men and women, boys and girls, into not believing that Jesus Christ is the Savior. Trying what he can, whatever he can to keep people away uh, from our Savior. Now, some people are the same way the Jews were and the other people in the community, the Roman citizens and all of those folks. They didn't uh, believe who Jesus was and uh, people today still don't believe. They don't listen to what God has to say. <laughs> there was a time when this book, the Bible, was a well-respected, well-thought-of book. That time is sliding away. Not too many people hold that attitude, if you will, that love for, the submission to the Bible and the Word of God anymore. People don't do that like they used to do. If you don't believe it, just look around you. It didn't make any difference what the Romans said. It didn't make any difference what the Jews said. It didn't make any difference what the average citizen said. The third day... The stone was rolled away, and Jesus came out of there. Now, <laughs> I don't know about y'all. How'd you like to have been a, <laughs> been a wino or something about half-looped and laying on the side of the road <laughs> when the stone rolled away and Jesus walked out of there? How'd you like to have been the first one to see a dead man <laughs> come back to life? Oh, It'd probably shake our foundations a little bit. But that's what Jesus did. He came back and he went in among his people to show them 
that he was alive. Uh, that was on the third day. Now, if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along a little bit, turn to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We'll start by looking at first at chapter, I mean verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, and he addressed them about the importance of the resurrection, how important it was that uh, the resurrection took place. Uh, now, according to what the scripture says, now if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? See, the, the resurrection has been denied for a long time. 2,000 years anyway. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is without foundation. And so is your faith. In addition, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified about, testified about God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up, if in fact the uh, dead are not raised. Verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You're still in your sin. Therefore, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have placed our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. Folks, that's such an important quote, reading, words, whatever you want to say from, from the scripture. Our faith is null and void if there was no resurrection. And people today try to convince us there's no, no resurrection Without the resurrection, this is a waste of time. I could be home watching television waiting on a football game or whatever to come on. You know what I'm talking about? This is a waste of time. Uh, there's a time in my life I'd have liked to have been in the woods or uh, with a gun in my hand hunting, you know, or go to the lake and, and uh, be catching a few fish or trying to. It, uh, it would have no meaning if Jesus were not alive today, if he hadn't been resurrected, Paul said in his writing here uh, to the Corinthians, if he's not resurrected, you are spinning your wheels, basically is what he said. You're spinning your wheels at this religion, this belief. If you don't believe this, you don't have a foundation to stand on because that is the foundation Jesus was a good man, yes. He lived a good life, yes. Everybody saw that. Jesus died on a cross, yes. Everybody saw that. But there are very few people that saw him and believed that he was alive after he was resurrected. Just a few. And they bore witness of Jesus to the community and everybody that they saw that would hold still long enough. Folks, imagine how we would feel <laughs> If somebody came to us with such a tale, 
And somebody we knew, knew well, maybe a, a political personality, a sports personality, or just a real good friend, a uh, high-profile preacher, uh, had died and, and they had buried him. And <laughs> he, he was on TV the next three days. Folks, that would shake the world up just a little bit. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ shook the world up a little bit. It shook eternity up a little bit. Folks came to know Jesus as Savior and believe in Him. If uh, Paul said if, if uh, there's no resurrection, those that have died during the time when they believed in, in Jesus as the Savior, it, they, I, they have no hope. There's nothing there for them. Look at verse 20. But now if Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a, through a man, the resurrection of the dead also came through a man. Huh. For just as in Adam all died, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Afterward, at his coming, the people of Christ. Then comes the end when he, that is Jesus, hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power. Scripture goes on to say the last enemy, basically, to be defeated is death. Jesus is going to do that. Because he's going to resurrect, it, resurrect all of those who believed in him and followed him and uh, uh, took upon themselves the, the moniker of Christian. Uh, verse 25 says, For he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be abolished is death. Now, if Jesus is not alive, if Jesus were not the Son of God, and he didn't rise from the dead. Death has not been conquered. I'll tell you something. When Jesus was sparked back to life, and Jesus, I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he had some angels move the stone or not. I believe he probably stood up inside that tomb. And with his finger, he just rolled it out of the way. You know, he could have done that. He didn't even have to use his finger. He could have said, move. And it would have obeyed him and moved out of the way. He walked out of there. Full grown, not bleeding. Might be able to see where they pierced his side with a sword. You might see some, some marks where in his hands and feet where they nailed him to the cross. But folks, he came out of there fully alive and fully healthy. He wasn't sickly. He wasn't hurting. He was a man who had come to this earth to live, but more than a man, the Son of God, God himself. Folks, I don't know of anybody I've not read anywhere about a God of any culture, any group of people, any denomination, any nation. I've not heard of a God anywhere that was powerful enough to come out of the grave. All of their leaders that I've read about in history when I was in college and reading about them in uh, 
Christianity classes and so on and so forth, all of them are still dead. They're just, <laughs> their bones are still in the tomb. They're still dead. If they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, you know they're going to come back to life one of these days. Their body's going to be resurrected to go join the spirit that's already with God. That ought to be a hoop. I still say, <laughs> I'd love to be in the middle of a cemetery at, at a funeral, preaching a funeral when Jesus comes back. Can you imagine what a hoot that's going to be? <laughs> the scripture tells us all the graves are going to burst open and, and the dead in Christ are going to rise. How'd you like to be out there and see all of that? I, I might faint and fall out. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> And then it says, all of those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up to join them in the air. Now, I'm scared of heights. But I think I'm not going to be that day. We're going to join Jesus in the air. I don't know whether he's going to be 100 feet or 1,000 feet or way up beyond that. Might be beyond the stars. But, folks, we're going to only rejoice when Jesus comes back. That's what we have looked forward to in Jesus Christ. Be him alive. Had he not risen from the dead, none of that would be possible. Your hope would be vain. Your belief would be vain, just like mine. It would uh, amount to nothing. Folks, we have a miraculous event uh, that took place in Jesus' resurrection. It's not something to be just talked about offhand. That's, look. There are two things that set Jesus apart from everything. God came to this earth in the flesh, Jesus Christ. God gave his life hanging on a cross to redeem fallen man. Hey, those are two things that there's nothing that I can find anywhere that's going to outrank them. That's the top. He came and he died and he went home. He's coming back to get us from what I, those that believe in him and have trusted him. He's going to take us home to be with him. Now, you know, it, it might be a joyful thing to be at church and see some of the things that go on in church and great revivals that take place and people that get saved, people you love, your family gets saved uh, and all of that sort of stuff. That, that, that's wonderful stuff. We love to see that. Can you imagine the... Millions of people that have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ have died and in a grave. Can you imagine them taking off before you? The scripture says, then those of us who are alive and remain will be caught. We're going to see that. We're going to see them go. <laughs> I don't know whether the grave's going to break open or not. Drink the wheel. <laughs> That'd be a hooch or not. To be at a, a graveside service in a cemetery and, and all the saved people that have been died and buried out there, the, the dirt just flies off and they come flying out of there through the casket, just <laughs> straight up. Whoo! Grab somebody's ankle. <laughs> I want to go. Look, we can, uh, we can laugh and uh, we can uh, enjoy things like this, but folks, I'm not making fun of it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The scripture tells me it's going to happen. Jesus is coming back to get his own. And when he comes back, all of his own 
are going to be gathered home. There to be with him and to be with the Father. Uh, verse uh, 42 says, So it is with the resurrection of the dead, sown in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. If, there's no, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. Folks, there's going to be a victorious resurrection one day. And uh, I guess the biggest question for us to answer today is, are we going to be in it or are we going to watch it? Are we going to be in it or just observe it? Are we going to be taken or are we going to be, as that movie title says, left behind? I personally want to be in the, in the group that goes to be with Jesus. Verse 55 down there. Well, as the end of 54 says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. What we do when we become Christian and work for the Lord is not useless. Everything that we do in His service is recorded. I'm afraid I'm not going to have a very long page of things for him to read when I get up there. Let's, uh, let's make it our goal to add to that uh, list of victories that we have won for Jesus. The, the first victory we have is to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ and become one of his. According to what I read in the scriptures, we all have become soldiers in his army. We're in God's army. And a soldier that faints from the battle is not worth very much. We need to be strong in our faith. We need to stand up and believe that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus gave his life to save us, to take our sins away from us, and they're not held against us anymore. The question is, do we believe? Have we committed ourselves to that Lord Jesus? Do we know for sure that if he comes back today, we're going to be resurrected to meet him in the air? We're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye here if we're still alive to meet him in the air. Do we know that for sure? That's what the scripture says. Do we believe what the scripture says or not? That's the question. Let's stand bow together. Every head bowed and every eye closed.
This is a time for you to make a decision about where you stand with the Lord Jesus Christ. Every head bowed now and every eye closed. No one looking around. I want you to consider where you are with Jesus. Have you ever invited him into your heart to be your Savior? If you haven't, if you don't know for sure that he's your Savior, just slip your hand up where you are. Nobody's going to see but me. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass you and point you out in front of anybody else. If you don't know for sure, if you died today, you'd go to heaven to be with Jesus, uh, but the other place reserved for Satan and his angels. If you don't know for sure that you belong to Jesus, just slip your hand up. Let me see it. Anybody? Okay. Right. Thank you very much for being here today. Brother Charles, while our heads are bowed, would you dismiss us, please, sir?